It's just like life. You get the funny with the tragic. Here we are in Eden. Though we walk the stairs, almost look away. See the shadow of the eagle in the sunrise. Hear the music of the children in the moonrise. Feel the power of the lion when he roars like thunder. Roar. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi, it's Old Millennials Remember Movies Quarantine. Quarantine. And today's special focus is cats. Not little cats, not pets that you're stuck at home with, but the big cats. We are going to be talking about a little 1981 flick you probably have not heard of called Roar. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the phenomenon that is overly discussed right now, Tiger King. So, just a couple show notes for you. I recall we did, our last episode was on uh, our big March Madness sports event extravaganza. And I think at the end of that podcast, we were like, we're going to do our winners of our brackets on our next episode of the podcast. Well, guess what? We are not doing that. (laughs) Because we rarely do what we say we're going to do. And I think we even had a conversation at the end of the episode. I was like, we're going to do that. And then we, th- and then we both said, like, I don't, we shouldn't say that because we always change our plans when it's time to actually go do it. Like, it's not our fault. There's a phenomenon in this world known as uh, the big cats, and we have to find a way to, to incorporate it. So, yeah, we do. Here we are in the house again forever and all time. Yeah, we are stuck in the house, and it's going amazing. Um, <laughs> if you want, like, a live update, we are still sitting in the basement, uh, Tyler's man cave toy room, and uh, I spent some time working from home today on one of my several breaks that I get to take whenever the hell I want because I'm working at home and no one's the boss of me. Okay. Uh, cleaning a portion of your room. That's what I did today. It was nice of you, though... Much of it was actually not my stuff. It was stuff that keeps getting... No one's blaming you. This room is the one that has access. It was Christmas stuff. So are you saying that the Christmas stuff isn't your stuff? I'm the one who always has to do all the Christmas stuff, so I'm glad that you managed to take one box of Christmas stuff It was two boxes? You're such an unappreciative dickweed. I was saying that this room is... It's a challenge because this is the room that connects to the garage, and so it's often a vessel for which things go in and out. So what I hear you saying is... It's easy for it to get climbed up, and I appreciate it. And you are the fucking best, and I appreciate it. People love it when we do this on the episodes. (laughs) Yeah. That's what the people want. Oh yeah, to hear us bigger. They're they're tuning in to see like is their mar- has their marriage finally been cracked by the coronavirus? <laughs> has Corona cracked them? Not the virus itself, but the the psychological uh, wear yeah. that it's caused on uh, marriages across the country and the world. I would say yes, but we've gotten through it thanks to a couple movies we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into those. Big cat movies. Oh, right. We're going to talk about what we've been watching recently because we- you've been watching a lot of stuff while I've been slaving away working all day. That's not true. <laughs> I think that's how it's been going. No, I don't. No. 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 Mm. It's impossible to watch the things I want to watch in a house full of four children who are 
competing for screens at all times. I know, it's insane. The only you, screen I really have is my phone, and that doesn't have a whole lot of battery charge these days, so it's not easy to like watch movies on there, so it's not happening during the day. Well, what have you been watching when we're all deep in slumber? Okay, well, just to, I just want to put it out there that we're earlier when we were talking about our marriage cracking and all that, we're like, the coronavirus is terrible. We're not trying to make light of that, but we're not going to dwell on it. That's what we're doing. I just wanted to say that we're not like joking around. It's serious and it's sad. No, we haven't left our fucking house in several weeks. It's serious and sad. We are taking it seriously, but we're not going to talk about it anymore starting now. So anyway, yeah, we've been watching some stuff and, uh, not at the movie theaters cause virus all boom. Dang it. I just said we're stopping. I got a question, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Um, this is the most home-cooked meals we've had in, in a row in our entire lives, yeah, at least fine. since knowing each other. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and I I was thinking about it, because you said you weren't really missing, like, our rotation, and that's true. I Yeah, I haven't really missed it that much, honestly. I mean, I have missed it, but I haven't really missed it. I missed, like, I missed the, the fact that it's, like, prepared and done for me. And yes, I know we can go get takeout, but we're not taking any fucking chances. <laughs> no, takeout seems risky. It like does. multiple points of possible yeah, I exposure. I don't like doing any of that stuff. I don't. I, we got limited Lysol wipes. We have to conserve everything. Okay. Yeah. We can't be wiping everything everywhere. You, you, you got to recook your food because someone sneezed on it right before they. Put I'm it sure in they the box. did. Again, we're not making light of this. It's very serious. Uh, why do you keep saying that? Because I, I don't want. Am to... I making light of it? No, I just want to. be I'm clear. telling people to stop getting takeout. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Not okay. Let's cripple the economy even more. Buy some <laughs> gift cards. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. Stop getting date out. So I was been I've been watching. Uh, you know, it's a time for catching up on things you've never uh, seen, right? I watched. A, I like Star Trek a lot. Okay. But I haven't. You know, there's certain things I haven't watched. Like I really like The Wrath of Khan. I really like First Contact. How many times have I watched the movies in between those two? And I would say... Oh, those are movies you're talking about. Yeah, the okay. movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrath of Khan is the second Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. And then First Contact is like the second of the Next Generation people. But there was there were several movies in between there. Mm-hmm. And some of which I'd seen one time. And some of them I've never seen. Okay. But they're all easily streaming right, or streaming right now. I think I watched them on Amazon. So I caught up on these ones that I had never seen or at least not seen as often. So, so did you do it the right way? How's the right way? Like watch the show episodes that go before the movie, then watch the movie, then watch some of the show, then watch the movie, do it all in order from beginning to getting caught up? No, because I didn't I didn't even watch Wrath of Khan or the first Star Trek movie. I just went into number three because I'd never seen number three, The Search for Spock, which is a direct sequel to The Wrath of Khan. But I know Wrath of Khan really well. So it's fine, and it's a fine jumping-off point, and then I just ran through them. The only real problem with that is when the Next Generation TV show's running, and that happens before the Next Generation cast members appear in the movies. But that's Ooh. fine. I don't... It's not a big deal. So how does it hold up several decades later? So I've never seen... I've never seen Search for Scott's... Wow. Get it together, babe. It's, you know, so the, the, the logic, the, the common thread about Star Trek movies is that the even-numbered ones are the good ones until, af- well, until after first, first Contact is the last good one. So when there's... What number is that one? That's eight. Eight. Okay. But then number 10 also sucks. So that, it gets thrown out the window at 10. And then, of course, there's the reboot series. Um, so uh, that's, that's generally true. Uh, number three isn't as nearly as good as the, the Wrath of Khan, obviously. But, you know, it's chugging along for a little while when Nimoy is uh, not in the movie much. He directed it, but of course because he, you know, died in the last one. It's all about, you know, searching for Spock, you know what I'm saying? 
title of the movie. Yep. It's fine. It's not uh, not anything special. Then when he gets in the movie at the end, it's kind of like convoluted and it takes too long for them to just kind of like get him back into the crew. Okay. So whatever. Enjoyable enough. The fourth is a lot of people's favorite. That's the voyage home. That's when they go back in time to like the 1970s, 80s. And they got to deal with the whales. You've probably even seen this one. It's a pretty popular one. What do they have to do with the whales? Well, they are the whales are key to like decoding the language of a, a a massive like problem that's happening in the future where the world is ending. It's through a code, and so the whale songs are like related to that. And so they have to go and they have to like get the whales, put them in a spaceship, and but the fun of it is watching like the Star Trek crew inter their you know people from the future interacting in like our world or the equivalent of when it came out right so it's pretty fun the script's pretty sharp and it's exciting but it's not a lot of space stuff but it's super fun i would say it's probably my second favorite of all the original cast member ones Mm -hmm. uh number five the final frontier well william shatner directed this one it's pretty bad (laughs) because of him no, it's, I wouldn't say, it's not poorly directed or anything, it's just not a very interesting story and it takes too long to kind of get moving. It's kind of about, like, a godlike figure and, I don't know, even I was trailing off at that one. But then, um, I'd never seen that one either, so no harm, no foul, but then I, I thought I had seen the sixth one, which is called The Undiscovered Country, but once I started it, I realized that I had, I don't think I'd ever seen it. And so that was actually pretty, because it's an even-numbered one, but it's, because it was new to me, it was pretty solid, and it's kind of a, a good little adventure. They have to go and come up with this peace treaty with uh, the Kling. I get, I'm, I like Star Trek, but I'm not good on all the names and stuff. I think the Klingons, they have to, like, negotiate a peace treaty, and there's, like, a framing. It's pretty good. All right? And then I watched, uh, so the last one I watched was Star Trek Generations, and that's the one that's introducing the Next Generation crew, but it begins with Kirk and a couple of the members of that and then Kirk gets like presumably killed, but he gets thrown into a a portal and he gets, he connects with Picard and that's a great premise, right? Getting the two captains together in a movie. And that was what everybody was probably excited about. And I remember when this movie coming out as a nineties movie and I think I saw it in the theater, even though I was not huge on uh, Star, Star Trek. Trek at the time. And so I don't really have a memory of whether I really liked it or not, but um, it's pretty, it's pretty good for a while. Like when it's, um, the little mini adventure at the beginning with Kirk is pretty good for 20 minutes of the movie. And then the next generation stuff's pretty solid for a while. And then oddly, what you're going for is to get those two captains together. But when that happens, it's like an hour and a half in and it's kind of underwhelming. Like it doesn't really give you what you want out of it. And it goes on. It doesn't go on. Right. I mean, it just, it's so short. And then the way that Kirk, the way they separate is kind of shitty and it's, it's not very satisfying. Bummer. And that's a bummer. And I and then I, when I watched the ending, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like how this ends. And then, of course, that leads into First Contact, which I was actually meaning to watch because it is good. But instead, I turned on a couple episodes of the original series. And uh, you joined me on a couple of those, which are super watchable, always. Always. Just turn it on and get hooked on the story of what weirdo thing's going on. And Yeah. I've probably watched stuff. more Star Trek than I realized we used over to, the years. <laughs> we used to watch because we used to have, like local basic tv and we'd stream everything but even then when our kids a couple of our, we still had just maybe one or two kids on saturday afternoon evenings it was like the old batman show which i can always watch and i well, I have like some discs of it now but uh and then it would feed into like an old star trek episode and so if you were already watching the batman episode and you got like even 10 minutes or five minutes of the star trek you'd be like oh well i'm watching oh, this you get hooked on this it. turns out 
So yeah, we watched a lot of those, and they're all on. That, that's the the series is the series are on Netflix, but the movies were on Amazon Prime. Weird. So, but if you have both, you're all good to go. So, how should I w- watch it? You? Yeah. What What do you mean? Should I watch all the shows? Mm, I think you and would then the probably movies, or do all the movies in the shows, or do the show, movie, show, movie. You probably vibe on uh, watching the shows and then uh, getting a good feel for those, and you could go back and watch Rathacon and go through those if you want. And then I think Next Generation would be better served if you watch some of the series and then jumped into their movies. Cool. But, I mean, the last two movies of theirs aren't very good. Like, Ferris Contact's a pretty good movie, and then the other two aren't great. But um, but then Picard, I bet, so that leads into, because I've this all started because Picard is on CBS's thing, and that's free for like a month, and so I'm working my way. I feel like that's already been a month. Oh well, I might know a I might know a guy. Um, <laughs> so I've I've been getting through that, and I think I have a few left. But that's a good series, and it's a s- sequel series of sorts. But it's very different than uh, other Star Trek shows. But it's good. So that's what got this whole thing started for me. And uh, yeah, so I watched a lot of Star Trek. Yes, you did. Yeah. When? But not enough. How? At nighttime. Go to bed, Tyler, so you can actually get more sleep. So I can't you can be sleep. Nice. I'm fearful of the world. Um, so then the other thing we watched, and you watched this, uh, we watched... We're I love Pixar movies quite a bit, but we did not get to the theater before the theater shut down to see Onward, but then Disney put it out early on streaming, and now it's on Disney+, Plus, and so we watched that with the kids. What did we, This is something you, you watched. What did you think of Onward? Um, in Sawyer's words, good. <laughs> So our third youngest, or third, yes. Our third kid just turned five. Just turned five, yes. Good. It's good. It's good. It's solid. It's a, when I saw the trailers for it, I was not, I always kind of thought like this was, because there was two, supposed to be two Pixar movies this year. Who knows if that will actually happen, if that second one will come out. But um, this one seemed like kind of like, well, the lesser one or the weird one. It's a weird premise. It's like this world where, I like the premise. The idea of it is kind of fun. They live in a world of, like, unicorns and magic and wizards and beasts, but they've it's it's hard to do magic, so they... But then technology just develops, and so everybody, despite having access to magic, they've made it easier for technology to work, so everybody just uses technology like mm-hmm. we would use it. So it's a very, like, modern culture where no one really uses magic because it's kind of a pain. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... So that's kind of a fun backdrop to the movie, and it has some fun things about it, um... Although our daughter, I think, definitely would have appreciated more of those, like, feral unicorns in the movie. For sure. Um, but then it's about uh, these two brothers who kind of find a way to bring back their dead dad because it's a Disney movie. We have to have a dead parent. We have to have orphaned children. That's yeah. key. But the way that he comes back is, like, half body. If you've not seen even the trailers, it's, like, legs come back, but the upper part of his body's not there. And so they put, like, a little fun... It's I don't know. It's fun. It's a fun premise. I enjoyed it. I think I probably enjoyed it more than everybody in the house. Elliot, our son, son liked it though, and I thought it was a. I think it. And, I mean, it, maybe it's not upper tier Pixar, but I do like the message of, it, and I think they executed what they were trying to do pretty well. And it's an original concept. It's definitely something they haven't seen in a kids movie. And it, it's Chris Pratt's voice is fun in it. I mean, Julia Lee Dreyfus has got is a voice in it. She's fun. I mean, it's it's Pixar. They do good work. So I liked it. Yeah, it was solid. I liked the I like a, a movie that has a quest and an adventure. Totally, and it's literally had like an official quest. Well, like a modern because they're in a van. It's fun. Yes. I mean, it's a fun movie, and now it's real easy. If you have Disney Plus, you can just watch it super easy, and it's definitely worth your time. And it's better than watching 
Frozen 2 over and look, I appreciate that they added Frozen 2 on there, but my god, we've watched Frozen 2 with our kids, I don't know how many times now, a lot. We've watched Frozen 2 a lot. It's, I like Frozen 2, don't get me wrong, but Jesus, too much Frozen 2. Nah, it's fine. That's what we have smartphones for, so we can not actually watch it while we're watching it with them. I played Fortnite the last time we watched Frozen 2. Yeah, you did, (laughs) on your Switch. Yep, that's fun. Okay. But I'm not good at Fortnite. I don't understand it. But better than watching Frozen 2 for the fifth time. Why are you whispering? We're on a podcast. They actually want to hear you. Fuck. Okay. What did you watch? You've been watching some TV. Yeah. No? Been watching Tiger King, baby. All right. Let's, let's, do you want to just dig into Tiger King? Yes. Okay. 20 minutes into Tyler talking about Star Trek. Record more podcasts more often. I'll have less things to talk about. Boom. Go to bed. You'll have less things to talk about. <laughs> and you'll probably be nicer to me. Who's being mean now? You. It's tension. This is, people are marking it in their little logbook of like, this is when they broke. <laughs> <laughs> Episode you 70 something. That. Episode you fearful, 70. You, 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 seem, saying that. you just seem irritable. You seem like you're angry. I mean, you're forcing me to do this and I'm super tired. I didn't force you. You were the one I was like, let's go record that podcast. Then I was like, oh, maybe I want to watch this other thing. And then you were like, get your ass down there. But you, you didn't dumb, find it. You dumb bitch. That's ex- that sounds just like me. <laughs> what was that movie that we just watched that used the word bitch a lot? All the movies in the 90s. That's right. Go back and listen to our previous episodes on anything. They use bitch a lot. Bitch mm-hmm. is a, it's a word that... It's a 90s word. It definitely. It still gets used occasionally, but... But not really. Not like like it has. Okay. Yep. You ready? Tiger King. Tiger King. Everybody's watched it, right? Because there's nothing... The thing about the world right now is that there's really only... If you go on Google News, CNN, Fox News, MSNB, all the news sources, New York Times, Wall Street, there's only two stories, really. Mm-hmm. One, coronavirus. And listen, there's a lot to talk about, sure. But the only other alternative to that, at least as far as I've seen, is Tiger King. There's only two things happening in this world A right now. A or B. A or B. So if you're, if you didn't watch Tiger King, it's like, well, I have to, I have to deal with coronavirus. Yep. But if I don't want to talk about that, Apparently, I have to talk about Tiger King because everybody else has watched it. Although, we did watch it early enough that it was not quite... I think we were done with it before it really got saturated into the culture. It was really... I mean, it's really out there now. It spread like the virus. It did. It's Very quickly. For good reason. It is one of those things that if you watch... I will say this. Like, the first episode, the first 20 minutes of this show... Definitely knows what it's doing. It's like, yep, you want to see something real fucking crazy? Here you yeah. go. This is what this is. And you're like, well, I have to watch this entire thing. It pulls you in like an old school Dateline show where you're like, yeah. I'm not really interested in the Oh, shit. Oh, my God. What the fuck is happening? Okay. I'm going to sit down and watch this whole whole thing play out. And I was excited because I don't know when it was, but it took me at least a half of the first episode to realize that I recognized Joe Exotic from the John Oliver show yeah. that he did a segment on during the 2016 election because he'd run for president and they did a fun whole fun take you know they, they did a little story on him and I remembered that because it was so crazy and I was like oh my god I know like I remember that so then mm-hmm. I was hooked from there because eventually the Tiger King show does address that because he runs for president unsuccessfully yep and of course <laughs> and then he tried to run for governor where the show Tries to make it seem like he was, like, doing really well. But if you go and read, like, his actual vote countage, I mean... It was terrible. He didn't do that great. But he did come in third place, but, I mean, 
There was like no fourth person. Um, so yeah, Tiger King. What do you have to say about this seven-part series about big cat owners, the people that love them, the multiple people that love them? Well, this this was an interesting show. Yeah, because it it sucks you in in different ways, and I think it plays. It's definitely playing on. Um, people's draw towards like true crime so there's an episode mm-hmm. like halfway through where it spends the whole time talking about as you know because you've you've watched it and people listening have watched it right about how joe exotic thinks that carol carol baskin carol baskins killed her husband right uh now i think a lot of people are into true crime and they were really impressed and sucked in and enjoyed that and were like on the like carol baskins killed her husband train and the first episode does tease right away with joe exotic being in prison for trying to hire a hitman to kill carol baskin yes and again we don't need to explain this but joe exotic has a zoo for big cats and then carol baskin has a rescue quote-unquote she likes to care for them but they both basically have these zoo things but she's supposedly the the better of them Be- mostly because she doesn't breed, breed tigers them, right. for whereas joe exotic has just a fuck ton of tigers and feeds them with old walmart meat <laughs> and oh uh, so gross and uh yeah and then so yeah that that was gonna that, i mean that's the thing like after this was over and that's what the, the culture really started taking over on this because everybody was now it wasn't any more of uh it used to be on the internet is they'd say that one guy oh god jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself okay yeah. that was the thing right and now it's like carol baskin killed her husband yeah the problem with that is that this whole and that's the thing the one episode i don't really care for in this uh run is the episode that's entirely focused on this theory that she may have like ground up her previous husband the problem is is that the entire narrative of that is told by all the people involved in the story that don't like Carol Baskin. <laughs> and who support Joe Exotic. For the most part. Or and they Joe don't. Exotic himself. Right. So it's all... The evidence that we're presented is evidence through the filter of the people that don't like her. And, like, the actual facts of it are... It's all entirely circumstantial. And there's, like, a hundred reasons why this guy with mystery money could have been killed by any number of people, right? And the point is, is that it's not so much, like... I just, I found it disappointing because it was not, like, it was not, it wasn't about big cats. It was, like, this other thing that we just yeah. had to go, and I would say that's the issue with some of these series because it's so popular, these true crime things. Yeah. It's got to be stretched out to oblivion because, listen, it worked really well when they did the OJ series, which was riveting stuff, but that was about more than just true crime. That was really a cultural piece. It was trying to say a lot about um, America and the justice system and all that. And I think that that's a great model to follow, but not everything needs 10 hours, especially if you're not building a, a, a narrative for yeah. it. So then I felt it was a little unfocused on spots. But that being said, I mean, Joe Exotic is a, such a character that you can't help but watching so many crazy things happen around this guy and the way that he treats his... his yeah. He has these music videos, which is a whole... You could spend the night just listening to his music videos oh, after but, watching. Okay, and also what's happening out yeah. in the world is every day we learn something new about Joe Exotic. Yeah. So yesterday what I learned oh. was that there is a band, and I should have had this ready to go, a band that's a guy and a, and a producer or bandmate. They did all of Joe Exotic's music. He lip synced the whole oh really i didn't that's not in the show so he can't even sing it all so joe exotic had them do like a a demo or like a song or two and then um 
for his reality show. And they were like, oh, Joe Exotic was like, oh, the reality show is going to take off. You're going to make a bunch of money. So they basically did it for free. And then they kept doing it for him mm-hmm. for either little or no money for his internet reality show because they thought it was going to turn into a real reality show. Which, that, I mean, the show so documents he, a little bit so of that possibly Joe, happening. Joe Exotic can't even sing. They were like, we took him out to karaoke once and let him sing, and he can't even keep a pitch. I mean, that makes so sense. So it's <laughs> not even him singing. I mean, that makes sense. He didn't do any It's not any shocking of the to music. me. <laughs> no, but it's just like, oh my god, of course. Of course. Because you do watch that, and you're like, well, he's got a pretty good voice. <laughs> Right? You're like, oh, he could. I it's mean, all this tiger-themed it's, it's pretty good. Uh, songs, but... It's um, pretty good because it's a real musician. So a couple takeaways that I uh, found. Like, Joe Exotic, not a, by all accounts, not a great guy. Definitely did some wrong things. Definitely probably deserves to be in jail. But by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, I kind of like that guy. No. <laughs> no, you're not. He's fa- As a character, I like the, the character of Joe Exotic. He's a tragic figure in a lot of ways. He's a criminal. Oh, well, absolutely. But... He's also a predator. I agree. But he's a tragic figure as a character. If you're th- not thinking of him as a real person, it's an interesting character to be I mean, be, you can't watch. write that shit. You no, and that's why I think the appeal... You can't create that out of your brain. That's the appeal of the show. Now, the other takeaway that I had about this world of big cats is... I hope you're going where my mind is going. There's just... What is the deal with these dudes... <laughs> yes. ...that have these multiple relationships with women or men they are just collecting spouses and it's not just joe exotic he uh has a couple husbands by most like seemingly the accounts in the show itself the two of them were not actually gay they were you know young and they were hooked on drugs and they found someone that was taking care of them and they were anyway. taken advantage of and preyed right. upon and totally. so and then you have this other guy who's, I can't even think of the guy's name, but the other guy who runs a zoo, he's got multiple wives, and he's recruited these wives when they were very young to come work for free at a zoo, where they become, they gain influence and gain standing in the zoo by Lord knows what, and then he ends up with four or five different women as his uh, spouses. And then another guy comes in, and he's got a wife, but they're also just, like, bringing in people. They, like, lure other ladies with, like, baby cubs. And they're like, come up to my hotel room with the... Because apparently, uh, chicks, pussy all chicks... Pussy attracts pussy. Uh, you can attest to this. You see a, a, a cat, and you're just dripping. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god! I cannot believe you just. Said Every, that. All women from totally. the, from what I can tell on Tiger King, it, this is what the thesis of the, oh the god, series is. is very explicit. Is that tigers make all women wet? Oh my god, Tyler, you're <laughs> right? embarrassing me. Right? I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so this is what I'd like to say. Though. Yeah. I'm not against polyamorous relationships personally. These are different, though. Yeah. So I would I would say that we're as we're talking about this, we're not criticizing polyamory like whatever do what you want to do Do whatever you want to do what we're definitely criticizing or i'm criticizing is that there are people being taken advantage of people (laughs) being preyed upon manipulated um that one guy i don't remember the name the one guy that has all the wives in the houses yeah yeah. he he doesn't even like pay his employees and they're expected to work seven days a week 24 hours a day it's very strange it's very cult-like and they get like a hundred 150 dollars a week right are you fucking kidding me that's psychotic so that is a weird, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Again, I don't care about like the one guy who's luring ladies into his home. Like, okay, fine. Like he's not like cr- 
hiring them and keeping them and basically enslaved on a zoo. So yeah. Those two things are different. That guy seems like a scumbag in a lot of different other ways, but, uh, totally. you know, anyway, but yeah, it's such a weird, this, this collection of people they found of all have these similar, like swinging. Yeah. Multiple it, relationships. Uh, yeah. And, or, and a, and a cult of like in luring cult, people in to like work your t- ass off to care for animals or and to care for get, these particular animals. And Joe Exotic didn't pay his employees shit either. I was, all I kept thinking about was, uh, I think these can't be real people. And then I remembered a real person, but then I remembered that that person wasn't real and it was Dennis's wife. Uh, what's her name? Dennis. Ponderosa on, uh, <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who <laughs> she literally is like trying to turn into a cat and wears those sweaters. <laughs> And then I was also thinking about a man that also really likes that, someone that I know. And then I realized that that person wasn't real. And that was just Brit from Flight of the Concords who was always wearing animal sweaters and tiger sweaters and wolf things and stuff yes. like that. So, again, these aren't real people, but I imagine they're based on real people. Totally. It's weird. It's very weird. Now, I did hear today, as we're recording this, that the, the rumored eighth episode is coming very soon next week. Joel McHale, who we love, who mm-hmm. we met, who loves us. He's our friend. Oh, yes. Um, he uh, is doing, like, interviews with a lot of the participants, with the exception of Joe Exotic, who's still in jail, and Carol Baskin apparently is not interested in being asked whether she murdered her husband anymore, so she's not participating. But Joel McHale is uh, going to presumably interview all these other people and probably make fun of them, because that's what he does, and I look forward to that. Yeah, I've seen a couple interviews um, of Joe Exotic's so-called husband, the one that's still alive. And in an interview... The new... Uh, his current husband? No, or his... His ex-husband, his who ex-husband. ends up getting married to a woman and said he's yeah. probably not gay. So, they weren't ever legally married either. Well, I, that, I figured that was probably true this, because at the time... Yeah, the ceremony happened before uh, marriage was legalized. Was legalized right. And then it wasn't very long after that he hooked up with his... Okay. Had yeah. that baby. And then he did say in his interview that it was definitely Joe Exotic's idea to wear those pink shirts to the sure. wedding. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's probably, you know, it's a, Joe Exotic was definitely leaning into all that too. You, did, did the show mention, cause I don't remember, that he had either a partner or a female wife and has a child? The, that one ex-husband? No, no, Joe Exotic. Had a relationship with a woman. I don't remember if he was. I think they mentioned that he. They yes. She but not, and offhand. his child were briefly in the in the Netflix show, and uh, he has a kid. I think yeah. Fun? I vaguely. I mean, it's just a lot. The thing is, is that what I will say again with the length of this and the people interviewed, I, I, you can't take. And I, this is what I would caution toward people watching stuff like this: is that you can't necessarily take everything at face value. I think it does do a good job of like saying. You know, the the people who, there are good sides and bad sides to both of them. I think a lot of the show leans to the negative on most of these characters, even including Carol Baskin, even though she's kind of set up to be less so, with the exception of that entire episode devoted to whether she murdered her husband. Jesus. Um, but I mean, I would say that it's, 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 it's very, it was meant to be entertainment, so you can't necessarily take it as like a, a like a straightforward, like, factual documentary it's it's salacious i would say for and it's well made yeah but it is salacious right for sure but you know it's something to watch the one thing i knew that was overdoing it though the cult the the this the prevalence of it in our culture was that shaq shaquille o'neal had to come out and say because he's briefly in the show uh, going to the joe exotic zoo and like enjoying being there right and whatever, like he went to a zoo. I mean, fine. That yes, it's not a good zoo, but 
that's not like the most horrible thing in the world. But he like, had to go online and be like, Joe Exotic is not my friend. <laughs> I did not buy baby lions from him. Yeah, and it's just like the, we have we're at a point now where we're asking Shaq about it. That's how prevalent it's gotten. We have to even ask Shaq to weigh in on this because he was in it for two seconds. Because there's nothing else going on. No, go ask Shaq what's now, going on with Tiger King. And now people are just trying to get his like more details and more information. Like uh, his niece is out there saying like, "Oh, Joe Exotic's a thousand times worse worse than what they're saying on the show." And she's like, I- "I've seen him sell cubs," and she's like, "Pretty certain that there were at least five to ten baby tigers that once they aged out, she's like he would freeze them and then sell them to taxidermists." Oh God. Horrible. But who knows? She could just be fucking making that up. The problem is is that I haven't... See, this is one of the issues with the the coverage, though, is that I have not read all of these articles because... You're too busy reading coronavirus. No. I'm reading But listen, there's a reason. (laughs) A lot of the news sites... And listen, I work for newspapers and I've, you know, in that realm. I get it. But they're struggling, right? Because it's all advertising-based. But most of these big ones have elected to keep all the coronavirus coverage in front of the paywall. So you don't have to pay for articles to stay up to date on that. So you click on those, but then you've read all of your free articles for the month. And so you're like, oh, an, an article that's not about coronavirus, it's about Tiger King. Click and it's like, we're sorry, you've you expired all of your free content. <laughs> so we do subscribe for digital New York Times, but if it's not on New York Times or if it's something else, I'm not reading it. So, yeah. yeah. Even if it's legit news. I'm not getting my information from legit news outlets. You're reading it from outlets. E! Online. I can't watch that shit because it's always like filled with like 90 pop ads that come up on there. Oh, so annoying. Or it's The Bachelor. You know, that guy's not with the fifth girl or whatever. That's the only other news right now. So question for you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, Joe Exotic paid that one dude $3,000 to to kill her? Yeah, but I think he was kind of set up for it a little bit. Like, you know... He, none of these people are very smart. So, I mean, I think that there's just, yeah, 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 definitely. But you know, definitely. Yeah. So, if you were on that jury, you're like guilty. I don't know how. Listen, I don't know how you can spend hours and hours of internet internet show talking about how you're going to kill someone, and then like try to convince a group of people that you didn't actually try to kill her. Yeah. That's hard. And not only did you sit there and say you wanted to, but you like role-played it, it out was, in several violent ways. And knowing what, you know, some of his other behavior, when he got desperate, I think the entertainment, the entertainer went away and the, the dumb decisions started the rolling. The dumb, dark side came so, out. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. But, you know, like I said, I, I I want him free so he can do a sequel series. <laughs> let, let him out. What do you feel about keeping tigers and lions and big wild animals in captivity? Well, I mean, it's obviously problematic. You can't be breeding them and stuff like that because that's not cool. Um, that's not cool, says uh, Tyler Wilson. I, I like, you know, places that you kind of rescue them and they keep them from, abu- you know, places of abuse and they can't really go back to the wild. I get why they have to be in captivity. Um, zoos, for the most part, try to balance some of their questionable decisions with conservation and to try to help populations. So I think there's been a good move toward even like zoos that are that they're using some of that to do good work because there's so few in the wild, right? Tigers especially. So, you know, I understand that there's concerns about that, but you have to kind of weigh, you know, multiple sides. But so no. are you pro-people or pro-animals? What, what, what do you mean? 
I'm pro both, but like. No, you're either pro people. That Listen. people can do whatever the fuck they want with animals. Oh, I see. Or you're trying to entrap me based on previous comments. I see what you're doing. Um, so yes, in general, <laughs> I'm team human because we're humans. And listen, fuck, we're the humans. We can do what we want, right? Whether or not we should, I think, is a good question, and we should be thinking about how to be good. Not, uh, you know, not a, there's a word out there. That's it. Stewards of our environment and our world, right? So I think we should be thinking about those. But at the end of the day, I mean, I could see how this all started. At the end of the day, we eat fucking (laughs) animals. Well, I know that. We don't eat tigers, though. So, you know, that's. Oh, so we can value one species. Well, if you're running out of them, yeah, you probably should stop. If we were running out of cows, for example, we were almost out of cows. I would probably say, like, we should stop eating the cows so we could get some more cows. Well, how many cows are in the wild? I don't know. I mean, how, I don't know how I many mean, cows that's come a real across. good question because probably not fucking many. A lot of free cows. So using that logic, wild cows in the wild. It's not so, but no, even if you'd say wild or not, there's tigers are endangered whether they're in the wild or not. So I would okay. say you shouldn't be. So based on, on the, on the, this cow is a weird concept, argument you're trying to make. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Based on the cow concept, we should do what the ponytail guy says and breed more lions and tigers like we do with cows. I don't think it's good to be breeding those animals. They're not meant to be in the cages that they're in. They And so you keep breeding them into that lifestyle. It just seems like it's going against uh, some of their innate... Like cows. Like we keep them caged up. Hey, I want those cows to have good food and stuff. I'm not a, a monster. I know. We're like free-range grass Yeah. So, no, I mean, I don't eaters. like how we treat... No, I don't like how we uh, the, mo- the majority of the industry treats our, treats our cows. Absolutely not. Okay. So, no. But so let's be honest. A lot of these places... people. Well, you're all like fuck the tigers. Well, I'm just I'm not. <laughs> I think it's a there's a it's a there's a spectrum of whether you agree because I remember when people were so upset about when that gorilla or whatever got uh, shot and killed because the baby fell into the thing and people were so upset they killed the gorilla. And listen, I get that that sucks. That kid shouldn't have fallen in there. But at the end of the fucking day, if I have to choose between saving a child and like shooting the monkey ape, whatever it was. <laughs> Fucker's gonna go down, man. I'm sorry. It's just the like the, it's the just the crumbles. way it's the way that we tear our things, and so to be so upset with that zoo for doing a decision which I'm sure they didn't want to do, and they had, you know, like I just that's the part where I'm just like, okay, well, that was a little kid. I know, regardless of whether the parent was watching the kid, like it's not good that the kid was gonna get maybe killed by a gorilla. It'd be like saying, like, when a kid gets snatched up by an alligator, we're like, whoa, they shouldn't have found that alligator. Sometimes they want to go find the alligator and kill it. And make sure that the man, you know, human eating alligators aren't around. There's even people that are like, well, that's not good. We leave the alligator alone. Nobody's pro alligator, though, Tyler. Nobody likes a fucking alligator. <laughs> so I don't think there's <laughs> anyone think out Peter there. I likes like, alligators. Protects the alligators. I think Peter likes alligators. Do they fuck the alligators? That's a species that can go extinct. My mom is uh, quarantined in Florida right now, and she's uh, going kayaking. Which I don't Where think she should be doing. fucking alligators? And she keeps telling me. She's like, oh, I saw... It. She's like, I'm going to try to videotape it. I'm like, don't try to videotape the alligator when you're in your boat. Fall into the fucking water But she keeps saying, it's like, oh, yeah, there's like a four-foot alligator right here, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, God, stop it. Stop doing that. <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing that? Yeah, don't end up in the hospital right now from a fucking alligator bite. Yeah, it doesn't seem smart. What? How does that go down? What? Like a grown woman falls out of her kayak and the alligator's in there. Okay, this is... how. What happens? Okay, well, I'll tell you what happens, okay? okay? 
you'll get, when you get on the your Google News, uh-huh. it, it'll be Florida woman <laughs> devoured by because it's always a Florida man or a Florida woman doing something really fucking crazy. That one day will might be my mom because <laughs> she's going kayaking in the wrong place. And you, and then they're gonna be like fucking Florida man. That's what they say. And she's only like a part time Florida resident. So oh my god! But she's gonna get labeled as a Florida like, resident. Like, can you survive? Yeah. Do you just get like your arm ripped off. Like, what's the deal? You'd How does it work? Be, adults probably be fine. I'm gonna have to put make a note to research that later. What I mean, happened? You, crocodile. You, you need to go take care of it. You could bleed out. If you got attacked, I thought you were saying it's got to be pretty serious because that crocodile. I don't think it guy, happens terribly crocodile often. hunter. He, he he wasn't killed by a I know, crocodile. But he, he was very careful with the fucking crocodiles. Was he? Have you seen some of those videos? <laughs> but like, it makes you feel like he's in danger while you're watching him. He was definitely in danger. He just didn't get killed by a crocodile. Got so killed I need, with a freak I, accident. I'm gonna just jot down a note here. But I gotta be search. honest with that too. Like. <laughs> Listen, I love the crocodile hunter, and it's tragic, but at the same time, I've seen stingrays, and I stay the fuck away from them, because, yeah, there's they got a stinger. Just saying. All right, well, I'm Googling this. I don't know how we got on crocodile and alligators, but... Oh, there's a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to a list of That's fatal I, oh, alligator deaths okay. in the so, U.S. Uh, this is a slight aside, but it made me think of this, because I was just looking over at my Steve Irwin Funko Pop. Steve Irwin. The crocodile hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people, there are monsters on... This is the internet for you. People are listeners. Uh, there are monsters out there that when they came out, like, the crocodile hunter Funko Pop, was like, I'm waiting for the one with the stingray. Which I feel like, why would they make a toy <laughs> of the brutal. thing that killed him? And then the same people, I swear, it must be the same people, because they made a John F. Kennedy... Funko Pop as well. And they were like, I'm waiting for the one in the car. I'm like, what? Why do you want the one in the car? And like, yeah, you know, one where he's like shot. I'm like, what to- What toy do you want? That That's, that's just fucking it's disturbing. Messed up. And this is the weird people out there. So as I'm glancing over the alligator, fatal alligator attacks in mm-hmm. the last 10 years, they are mostly from Florida. Of course. And there's really not that many. Like a no. couple in 2018, three in 2016, three in 2015. Doesn't happen that often. Sure. You want to know something really, like, depressing, though? That two-year-old that got Why are we killed, talking about this? His name, his last name was Graves. That's Freakonomic shit right there, man. Is I it, mean, though? I mean, I know eventually you're gonna <laughs> die, so eventually you're... So 95-year-old <laughs> Jonathan Graves... He died of natural causes, and someone goes to the funeral, I'm like, fuck, do you see that Freakonomic shit? shit? His last name was Graves, and now he's going in a grave. Well, he's, he's two. Like, he's 95. A bit early. Well, okay, but that, I don't know, that's a... I'm still also very still disturbed by that 2016 event. Yeah, well, 2016 wasn't great. <laughs> um, Crazy. All right. So that's Tiger King and cro- crocodiles and alligators, apparently. Yes, it is. But that led us... That led us, so, okay. So we watched that. Yeah. We're enjoying it, not enjoying it, enjoying it, etc. And uh, trying to pick our next movie. So if we were going to stick to our March Madness theme, we would have picked Adam Sandler's Happy Gilmore or your Tin Cup choice. Yeah. But I was like, let's watch something cat-themed or wild animal-themed. Right. So first I was like, let's watch the Jungle Book movie. The right. one in 95 or whatever. 94. It's a. I remember really liking it. Um, my man Sam Neill's in that sucker. Right? It's not on Disney Plus, but I knew that. It was on HBO, but then my way of getting into HBO uh, stopped working. <laughs> so it wasn't he available. He stopped subscribing to HBO, right. is what he's trying to say. And so that wasn't available. It'll eventually get to Disney Plus, so we didn't end up watching that. Yeah, because so. I'm not going to pay two ninety nine. 
Get out of here. We paid two nine. Well, the only time we've ever well, we pay for some DVDs on eBay, but we're not doing that right now either. Um, so we ended up not watching the Jungle Book. Maybe we'll watch it at some point. Yeah, but we're like looking for other things to I'm watch. Doing my not, go- I'm doing my googling. There's not a lot during the time period, yeah, right? Eighties and nineties, not a lot. I mean, it's like Lion King, Jungle Lion Book. King, well, we've already done the Lion King. Yeah. You know, we've done that. So yeah. you know, it got a little bit tough. Um, but then we came across uh, a trailer that was made. For this movie's re-release, or really its first release in the United States in 2015 by Draft House Films, and it was something that we had never seen or heard of, but it is a movie from 1981 that just didn't ever play here. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the trailer, which is easy to find, um, yeah, I mean, you you want to watch it, too. <laughs> the movie's called Roar. Roar. From 1981. Yes. Um, some high stats? Tell me some high stats about Roar. So Roar is a movie... Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in Is it, though? Is it, though? It's rated, funnily, PG. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it's, there's some fucking <laughs> it's the most terrifying thing I've ever in seen in that my movie. Life. Holy yeah. shit. Terrifying. Um, released October 30th, 1981, in, in Australia? Australia, yep. In Australia. I, I think it might have also had a UK uh, premiere. It is an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, yep. It is written and directed by Noel Marshall. Who stars in the film. Who stars in the film, doesn't put himself Doesn't give himself a, a cast credit. Member, doesn't credit himself. But he's the and lead. And it stars basically his entire family. So his wife at the time, um, Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren, of course, is known for being the star of The Birds with Alfrey, uh, Alfrey, Alfred Hitchcock. And then his da- her daughter, Melanie Griffith. So his stepdaughter, Melanie Griffith. His two sons, John and Jerry Marshall. Right. And then just like basically a couple other people. So what's fascinating about that is that you, so you do have two famous people in the movie. Yeah. Uh, one young before she was really famous for acting, but then Tippi Hendren, who had been you know around. Uh, but when you watch the movie, it is. I mean, is it a movie? Well, N- no. <laughs> the estimated budget for this movie. Yeah. And I don't know how they come up with this particular one. It seems a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Is seventeen million dollars. Then there's been some reports right. about how much it ballooned to that cost, yes. And then cumulative worldwide, it made an astounding $110,000. I can, that, that seems high to me. Um, and that might <laughs> actually be from that re-release from 2015. I don't know if that's necessarily made money on that. And so it they started filming this thing, we looked into this, like in the 19, like 1976. And then because of what this movie is it took several years to ever make it across the finish line and when i say it's not really a movie it stars his whole family the plot is threadbare it is mostly just an opportunity to string a bunch of sequences of these animals together Mm -hmm. but oh my god (laughs) to the point where he he gives writing and directing credit Right to the two tigers. Oh, he gives extra screenwriting credit to the yeah. two main tigers. Yeah. Because, and then there's even like on-screen text. It's just like because we can't control what the animals do. They really did direct this movie in a lot of ways, which is a <laughs> a silly. There's like a cat call, <laughs> cat call, uh, uh, a casting call at the beginning of who's in the movie, and the the main hero lion, Ro- Robbie, mm-hmm. uh, and the villain lion, who has uh, is also I can't remember the name of that. Maybe you have that on your list. I have it in my notes, but um. He gets credited as well. And what's... Sogar? Uh, yeah. Well, Gary is Robbie's son. Gary, that's my favorite cre- credit. So it gives you the people in the movie, but then it's like also starring Robbie the lion. It doesn't say Robbie the lion. It says Robbie as Robbie. Yep. And then it stars 
Gary as Robbie's son, Gary. Yep. <laughs> so I like how there's two Garys in there. Uh, what's the other? Togar as Togar. Togar. And I gotta say that I've, I love the animated Lion King. It is an amazing classic animated Disney film. And it has an amazing villain with an amazing entrance Mm -hmm. where Scar is introduced when he's talking to Simba. This movie, Roar, has a far more terrifying introduction to this villain because the first time you see this lion, he is fucking drenched in blood. His face is just covered in fucking real blood because it's just eaten something horrifically. And it's like splashed all over his mane. And that's not the only, I mean, all the lions get blood on their faces later, but this is like, right when you see it, it's like, holy shit, that lion's gonna fuck somebody up. Like he even gone swimming in a blood bucket. And the guy, the main guy, he's, I mean, he's trying to narrate the plot here. He's like, that's, what's his the animal. Togar. That's Togar. Oh, he's a newbie. He's a mean he's, one. He's trying to take over for Robbie. But you fucking buy it because okay. he is fucking scary looking. But so I, those are the high stats. Mm-hmm. And um, in this episode, we will not be talking about what we remembered because neither of us knew this movie existed <laughs> no, we did up not. until the minute we watched it. Right. Um, what I will say, what I was going to say is that that villain is terrifying, but also. Every fucking animal in this movie is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I was stressed out. Okay, this is important, because I think what we're describing is... Okay, this is the basic plot. It doesn't really... It's pretty threadbare. There's a guy. Mm -hmm. He owns, like, this house slash property to kind of protect lions and tigers and other animals from poachers. Okay? He's brought in a friend, Mativo, that his name? Yep. And he's looking into it or whatever, and he's getting ready to go pick up his wife his daughter and his two sons at the airport okay? yep. and they come. And so it's an adventure of them experiencing this place for the first time. So that's the plot. It's barely a plot and it doesn't really make much sense or difference. But what we have to explain about roar is that when we say that there are lions and tigers and other animals on this property, we're not just talking about like four lions. There's like 200 lions There's and tigers running around. It is a massive amount of animals and they're not like in cake. They're just running loose, running all over the place. They are mauling things. If any human being walks anywhere near them, seven of them just like go and nudge them over and like knock them over and like kind of fake bite at them yeah. or scratch at them. You can tell that they're like domesticated a little kind bit. Kind of. They're like a little bit playful, but you don't want to play with a fucking oh, tiger. Oh, yeah, they're playful when it's a, f- it's still a gigantic goddamn tiger. Yeah. So when it's playing with you, it you, it could g- you get knocked down off. on the ground and in, and in fact like in the first ten minutes the main guy he's like p- trying to like calm get away from a couple of them who are goofing around with him and one of them just like it's on camera bites the fuck out of his hand he starts bleeding yeah. immediately yeah that's the director yeah Noel Marshall who ended up oh so so when it was re released in 2015. Uh, it has this great trailer. It has all these comments and stuff. But one of the selling points that they put on their movie poster and everything was that no animals were harmed in the making of this had film. Had the seal of approval from the Humane Society or whatever. But 70 cast and crew members were. And that seems like an exaggeration. Except if you watch five minutes of this movie, it is it is all on the screen. You see these people getting, getting mauled. Yeah. And, and that's not even including the people behind the camera and stuff like that, although we do learn... But, like, you're seeing these animals, they're just running around, just knocking people over. I've never seen it, this in my entire it's life. It's intense. It is I mean, a scary... I have seen lions and tigers at zoos, and they are just sleeping. Yeah. They are never well, awake. <laughs> when you're watching the Tiger King, 
Right. There's a couple times where he goes in the cage and there's maybe like three or four and, and he's they, in there with them. And that's scary kind of. And they of. kind of knock him over a little bit mm-hmm. or one bit was biting his shoe or something in yeah. one scene and that is kind of terrifying. Yeah. This is that times 40 because it'll be 40, 50 fucking lions and tigers running That's around. why this is perfect for anybody who watched Tiger King who is just like, what is the more. culture? I need more. This is like, the this is so extreme. Like the, even the trailer puts quotes on there of like, this is like a snuff film for... Like, it's a Lion King snuff film, yeah. essentially. Because yeah. it is, like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, fuck. It's insane. That's all I can say. And lucky for you, dear listener, <laughs> at least at the time being, you can just, with some creative searching on YouTube, we're not going to say because then someone might try to, like, get it taken down. But you can find the whole movie uh, for free. Yes. On YouTube at this moment. As of this recording. As we watch it. Because I don't believe there's any real easy way of watching... Uh, the movie otherwise yeah oh it's so good they're putting a blu-ray out i think finally but um right now youtube is the way to watch it um it's incredible just like go and watch it immediately the main the director guy he's not an actor and he's got a voice that is uh he's just like let me try i'm gonna try to do it but it's not gonna do me i'm not gonna do justice but it's like hey there's a tigers over there hey calm down you guys he's always just like telling hey knock it off you lions hey 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 stop biting that person (laughs) you're actually getting it pretty good he's always and mativo poor mativo is terrified he's just like what are we doing like he he comes in and what's insane is that it's it's intense outside and then he's like come he's like come on in we'll get some food in the house (laughs) and so they come in (laughs) and it's just this house and all the windows are fucking busted and like he walks in there's like another 45 to 50 lions and tigers full size just laying around on the floor mm-hmm. and they're just like some of them are bloody because they're just chewing on a leg of something and they're just like he's like hey come on come Mativo, just come have a seat over here they'll leave you alone and so he's just like i don't think so and like he sits down and sure enough, i was like ah you're fine then a tiger will just like try to bite his face <laughs> and it's just like what? that literally happened and so then what's what i love is that that goes on all these scenes go on for so long but i mean you, you always want to watch it because it's like you're just like someone's gonna get mauled uh they it takes forever for him to like actually sit down before he's not swatted down by an animal but when he does the movie starts to do like it starts this music like swelling emotional music and then just like see they're nice and it's like this weird montage of like these lion tigers not mauling people or each other and it's like aren't tigers and lions just such wonderful creatures and i'm just like no you're gonna get killed yeah (laughs) don't sit with the lions yeah it's not gonna work um it's amazing. One cool scene that I liked right when it opened, mm-hmm. as it's getting you into the movie, is that someone's riding on a motorcycle, and I think it's him, yeah, the main guy, Hank. <laughs> he renamed him a different name, gave yeah. himself a different name. Yeah. yeah, Hank's riding on a motorcycle, and then this giraffe <laughs> yeah. starts oh, yeah. fucking um, running alongside him. That's one of the most terrifying things I've ever it's seen. It's very like, scary. I am now scared of giraffes. Because we've been on... Uh, we went to Disney World and we went on their like safari thing and you get I mean it's it's a very cool experience because they let you really close to the animals and sometimes they kind of cross paths but it's very cleverly put together in fact you can watch the Disney Plus show about and imagineering about how they create safety barriers mm-hmm. but you don't really notice them because of the way they're they're structured and so it's very cool you feel like you're very close but I mean nope I've never <laughs> like seen... just nope we're going to have any experience like this I've never seen a giant giraffe 
chase someone on a fucking motorcycle at full speed. It's faster than a T-Rex. Holy fuck. It's faster Terrifying. than a T-Rex. And there's a couple times where are like, oh my god, this giraffe's gonna fucking kill this guy. Right. And then, like, that motorcycle comes into play when his son tries to, like, escape from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, like, gets just... A, a, this, there's just a grown man trying to drive a motorcycle, and there's, like, seven tigers who are just swatting him down and, like, knocking him over. They do not care that he's on a motorcycle. In fact, they want to stop the machine from operating, and it's... Uh, Oh, it's and another else. side note, it's not just lions and tigers, because in the plot of the movie, he's a man who wants to show that all the big wildcats can get along together. Oh, yeah, there's like panthers, black panthers there's and stuff. There's panthers, pumas, jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. At one point early, uh, so the family, <laughs> this is such a dumb thing, but Hank, the first part of the plot is like, I gotta go pick up my family at the airport. So he's driving across the <laughs> country. And he gets there, but, like, right when he leaves, his family, like, shows up to the house. And they're like, oh, we got a ride. Where's Hank? I was like, oh, he went to go pick you up. I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, he spends the time going all the way to like get there. Like a day, because he's riding it's on a bicycle. It's a whole bicycle. day. He's riding a bicycle. He and his friend Mativo are riding bicycles to this fucking airport. And there's a couple tigers just going along with him. <laughs> yep. The whole fucking time. So then the premise from that, oh, there's some hunters that are going around. They end up getting fucking killed. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, really fucking And I'm not killed. sure if they were maybe also killed in real life. They could have been. They could have been. That's all I'm saying. You don't know. They look pretty bloody to me. That's true. Uh, so they then the, the plot is him coming back, but then the main part of the movie is like Melanie Griffith and Tippi Hedren and these two guys. And the two sons. They are coming to the house, and they apparently they don't know what they the situation have, is they here. They have no idea what the fuck they're getting into. <laughs> they're just like, we know he likes tigers, I guess, but they're like... They probably imagine like a few cages, Yeah. whatever. No, and they are just small. Then how I would describe it is, uh, so they go in this house... And they're just, it's filled with tigers and lions and all these other animals. And if they're not inside already, they're just like popping the windows open and yeah. coming in and smashing stuff down. So and then, this isn't a nice house. This is like a, a, a dusty wooden, lots of wooden stuff. Uh, it's just from I, the seventies. I mean this, at, and it goes on too long, but I mean this legitimately. I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that my favorite movie of all time, Jurassic Park, is partially copying this movie because <laughs> I think. Spielberg crafted the kitchen scene where Tim and Lex are running in the kitchen and the two raptors are terrorizing and chasing them and they're hiding in places. He saw Roar and he crafted that whole scene from this house sequence in Roar. It is the most stressful, terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Because these people seem to be very dangerous. Or sometimes Sometimes they're just, like, hanging around. They're just, like, walking out of the room. And then other times you're like, they're going to fucking die. There's no rhyme or reason to why they go into one room or another or why they're trying to get out of the house or in the house. They're just constantly moving rooms. And I get it. They're being chased by tigers. Also, side note, this took five years to film. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, I mean... Five years. And you can see so, that. So, like, did it take him three years of just going in and out of rooms to get that one scene? I don't know, but... I think so. But when I say that, I mean, they, they go into, like, a cupboard. The, one of the guys, or tip, uh, Melanie Griffith goes into a cupboard, and, like, the one of the tigers comes in, not only knocks the cupboard down, which she's clearly in, mm-hmm. just starts fucking the shit out of it up. Just not fucking it, but, it's like... It's like a big wardrobe, so, it like, think of... He's lo- thrashing it. Yeah. It's terrifying. It and then, so he's on the backside where there's just, like, a wooden panel on the back, and, and he's it, smashing And if it. I think of it like that, that's the T-Rex smashing the car. Oh, Poor Lex and Tim. For sure. Spielberg saw Roar, and was just like, I got this shit. I he's mean, like, I know there was a book, maybe Michael Crichton, like, I'm just saying... There was something there. There's some synergy happening. He there. saw this movie and was like, I could fucking make a scary thing about this because it is genuinely, uh, again, too long, but it's terrifying. <laughs> it's too long. 
terrifying. She just goes on and on and because on. Because they're just getting attacked, and you're just like, because they've already shown you, like, someone actually get bitten in the hand. You're like, and you're one of these people, and you know that people are getting injured. You're going to see someone, like, just get their hand ripped off. Mm-hmm. And that's the fear the entire time of the movie. And allegedly, Melanie Griffiths did get mauled in the face and <sighs> had reconstructive surgery. But I, allegedly. I searched for any like before pictures or any pictures like that and I couldn't find any but that's So Tippy Hendren they they she ended up not surprisingly divorcing this man at some point. What? Um, she was obsessed though. She also like she lived was a cat with lions. person. Yeah, she's a cat person just like the yeah. other people. They like, had, like, she a was a ponderosa. In, yeah, they had a place in California and they had a t- 150 fucking lions. So I don't place. know I don't know if a lot of people discuss that with you know so the, she's we don't know all the stories. And it was such a small release, right? But there, there is a documentary. And what's in, the other thing that's fascinating about this movie is that the director of photography is not. So it's a, basically a home movie, but it was filmed by a guy who would eventually become a very successful cinematographer and director, Jan de Bont, who would go on to make Speed and then past episode Twister, and of course, the far superior Speed Two Cruise Control, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> But he was the, the cinematographer on this, and he got, like, 70 stitches. Yeah. Because he got scalped? I, yeah, I listened to the interview on, on what happened. Oh, my God. Tell so, me. So, um, to film one of the, the scenes of the lions running, he went under some, like, camouflage covering in a ditch. So, they dug a ditch, put some camouflage covering, so that he could get, like, a at, on-the-ground-level shot. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about back to the movie, there's, like, yeah. shots of that. And so... um one of the cast members was saying the first few time, the first few takes that worked really well, but then the lions started coming slower out of wherever they were coming from, and a lioness saw him move in the in the thing, and like a cat does when it sees something move and is just playing, gave him one swipe, like swiped at it really quick, oh, ripped his fucking scalp off. Good lord! Ripped it off, seventy stitches. They put it back on, like the back part, <laughs> not like the top part, but the back part. And then the tiger yelled. Pop quiz, hot shot. Because that's <laughs> the speed. Apparently he was back to work like four or five days later. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Quit that goddamn movie. So, I mean, that guy, I don't know how he managed to, like, not quit movies or, like, continue on or reach success because he would eventually become he very successful. He got sucked into, the, into the, this uh, big cat world. Um, okay, so that's a big uh, part of this. Two other things I want to talk about. One's a quick. The tiger... That this this is a good lesson for people. If you ever come across a tiger, I guess there's a sequence where they get into boats to try to escape, and oh this tiger. God. I guess it happens a couple times. That just Several a couple times, tigers, like five times. Just get in a get in one of these boats, and just the boat immediately fucking sinks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's tigers, so scary. Tigers are hundreds of pounds. So if you're in like a an aluminum <laughs> rowboat, all that line has, or all that tiger has to do is put his paw on that fucker and put a little bit of weight. That whole fucking boat flips over. Yeah, it's it's just terrifying. Which, the whole Life of Pi movie puts out really like... Oh, it throws the whole like thing that, out the window. That guy did not stay in that fucking boat. Which, but again, again, if you... That, I know. That's the whole point of the movie. Because there wasn't really a tiger on the boat. Ugh. Clearly there wasn't a tiger in the boat because <laughs> that fucker have would have tipped. Wouldn't have worked. Um, <laughs> I don't care how nice that tiger was. It's flipping that boat. Uh, well, there's... Okay, so the second... I actually have three things. The second thing is, is when uh, Hank's coming back... And Mativo, they get they get borrow a car, right? And they stop for some reason because of hunters or something. And then they're like, 
Hank gets in the car and he's like, there's two tigers, there's two tigers that have been tagging along. He's like, hey, uh, hop on in, tigers. So he <laughs> then, lets the tigers into he, this open roof. Matito is just like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not going to ride in the car with the tigers behind me. They can bite my face. And he's just like, well, if I leave them here, they're going to get killed by the, by the, the hunters. The like, it's like, they can fucking run real fast. Like, Drive the car, like, and Matiba's like, I'm not getting in the car. He does get in the car. Though. Nobody hangs off the side, the back. Oh, yeah, he doesn't right. actually get in, which is very, I, I don't understand. Poor Matibo. I just feel so bad for Matibo because for some reason, I don't, I don't know why he's there. If he's a friend of Hank's he's or. He's a friend. He's I just, friend. he feels like he's trapped. And I, I just, I want someone to be like, you don't need friends like this, Matibo. Like he's clearly not respecting you. No. Or caring. You're about uncomfortable your and he's just letting these laggers who are bloodied from mauling antelopes or whatever just come. <laughs> fucking scratch at you probably i mean look imagine it's well, raw meat i understand that tigers eat raw meat. this can't be good for you to be splattered with all this shit either a lot of e coli happening it's just so much well, shit but b- before that with the two tigers right so um hank needs to get to the airport i'm just rewinding just a little mm. bit but the tigers keep following him so he doesn't want the tigers to follow him so he tells medivo to just climb a fucking tree <laughs> and hang his jacket down Pretend like you're trying to, like, trick your kitty cat into into yeah. jumping up. So he's like, just hang your jacket down. So then the tigers do start, like, jumping up and grabbing his jacket. <laughs> and then he wildly rides off on the bicycle to get away from them. So then Mativo's trapped in this tree until fucking Hank comes back with the car. I don't know what he's got on him. He just has to keep tagging along on this adventure. Poor Mativo. That's I all like I can say. I feel like he's just bait. For the tiger, for the tiger, and he, the way he talks, I'm like, it's hey, it's all right, Matibo, just wave a jacket, it's fine. It's just, just like, hang a jacket down. And he's always so worried about the hunters. I'm like, no, these hunters are not gonna. They have no chance against these animals. There's no. too many of them for one. So then, this is the big thing I want to talk about because is I thought, this? yes, she made the signal, but I thought I couldn't believe this. I one of my favorite animals of all. Of all I love. I love this animal, and I've I've experienced them in in zoos and and other places, and I love them, and they seem such wonderful creatures. But it's been shattered for me. <laughs> it's been shattered. Oh, I am gross. now no, it's shattered. I'm now terrified of these animals. I'm so terrified. There's a there's an elephant in this movie that just steals the movie. <laughs> it just He's steals the, the movie. Star. I do want to know, like, was this an actor elephant? Was I'm sure it was. Maybe, or it's it. It must be. It's gotta or, be, or not, or, or not. not. <laughs> I don't know because this Either elephant, way, the it, elephant did this. this Even el- if he was trained to do it, he still did it. This elephant is fucking terrifying. Uh huh. It is the the main, really, the tigers. As the as the family learns that the reason that the conflict ends is basically like they're so exhausted from being mauled all day, they go into like another little shack that's slightly elevated, and they're just like they can get in here, right? I'm like, yeah, but we're too fucking tired. I guess if we get eaten in the night. That's it for us. And they go to sleep. And they wake up in the morning and like, hey, the tigers and lions didn't maul us. They must like us. It's all okay. So the scene with... But anyway. So at, at one point when they're running around the house, <laughs> then they run around the roof. Right. And then there's a, a scene with barrels. Yes. Okay. And then they get in the boat, into the rowboat. And they get flipped a couple times. And then they get back in the rowboat. <laughs> right. And then they go across the shore. They finally get away from the lions and tigers. And so they're rolling up on this little beach area. And, and then, then here comes fucking Dumbo. Comes this fucking Dumbo. <laughs> they get out of the boat because the elephant comes 
charging. It's at coming them. fast. It's the fastest I've ever seen an elephant move because yeah. they're always in films. They're just like oh, trotting around. They're so majestic, cover, protecting their adorable little <laughs> tiny baby elephants. Right? They're not getting. You know, they're protecting them. They're so sweet. Right? This fucking elephant was like, "Fuck you, tiger lovers! Get the fuck out of here!" He's. This is my movie now. Yeah. He. Oh, he's so scary. This is the scariest animal I've ever seen in my life. Because. They get out of, I mean, they have barely managed to escape this elephant. They fail. Just thrashing. This, once, I, you, know, you think of the, the, the trunk of an elephant just like sucking up a little peanut. No, it's just like violently like swallowing around. He stomps. Stomps he everywhere. He pulls the boat onto the shore. Then oh. he starts stomping it with his giant fucking elephant. And it is feet. just violently getting and destroyed. Then he, it's almost flat. And though, so the poor fucking family is now floating in the river, which. Pull a snake. Pull a snake and scary shit. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so Leeches, at, at least. Piranha. So, and then at one point, the elephant stabs the fucking with aluminum his boat with oh. his tusks and picks it up. And you're just and horrified. And it some more. It is just, and it seems so angry. So <laughs> and it's probably just playing. It might have just been like a pretty, like this elephant is probably having a good time just playing with this toy. But it seems so, it is like the Jurassic Park tour car just getting fucking ripped apart flat. by the T-Rex. It was Another flat. inspiration. It's insane, and it's terrifying, and I will never look at elephants again. And the thing is, is that the elephant keeps coming back into the movie after that. Yes. Charging down the road, always also, looking to also fucking up. the barrels. There's another barrel oh scene with God. the elephant. It's so, so scary. So the Tippy Hedron or, or Melanie Griffith, I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. is hiding in a barrel. Literally yeah. a fucking barrel. Sure. It falls into the water. Doesn't Somehow doesn't go down a waterfall, which I'm shocked that they didn't do. And the fucking elephant <laughs> then attacks the barrel... And starts stabbing through oh it with God. its tusks. <laughs> it's so scary. It's terrifying. I've never seen. It's I just fucking Donkey Kong. I'm man. scared. Our daughter has like stuffed animals, elephants, and they give. I look at them and they give me just the shivers. It was incredible. Stole the movie. The big cat movie gets stolen away by this just violent, vicious <laughs> elephant that's running around terrorizing this family. Yeah, it's one of those movies that while you're watching it, eventually the the. The line stuff gets a little repetitive, but then the elephant comes along. <laughs> then the elephant comes along, but then you're like, you're like, you gotta like get on your phone and be like, how many people got hurt on this movie? Yeah, what the fuck? It's a no. It's I mean, crazy. Is movie. it paced like a real movie? No. no Does it have so a bad. plot? No. Uh-uh. Is it some of the most chilling visuals that you've ever seen involving animals? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be saying a lot. What the fuck? Why are they fucking doing that? And then, oh my god, because it's just like. You're watching. I mean, if you're if you're a cat person, like a regular cat person, I think, and or an animal person in general, there's a lot of entertainment that you can get from like watching a cat play with a piece of whatever or a dog doing something. Just doing its, it's thing. interesting, right? Yeah. So when a when it's a lion or a tiger, basically doing that or with fifty of with them. human beings, you're just like, oh my god, what's what are they gonna do? <laughs> like, are they gonna like? Rip yeah. each other apart because then the the two lions that are they don't like each other are fighting and it's oh my god and then Hank tries to literally break the a tiger fight he's like hey you two knock up. it off he like literally <laughs> walks up to them with his hands out to like try to separate them hey you two get out you can't no fighting like that that's not all right <laughs> it's like no you are going to die don't step in between those yeah. lions and then at one point the hunters come and they kill a lion. And then the other... Not on... Yeah, yeah. And then another lion comes and is like, you're fucking dead. Oh, they kill him. They kill him, but then there's another hunter with him, and then Hank comes up, and he actually scares away the the killing lion Mm -hmm. by by getting big and yelling a lot. I don't know. Is that the strategy? If you come upon a lion who wants to kill you, you act like a bigger lion? That works with... um... 
Well, I I can only go off of experience from film. Uh, Congo, <laughs> when Dylan Walsh, like they're supposed to, like uh, Ernie Hudson's, like to stand stare him in the eye. Just if he's gonna he's gonna show up, you're gonna stare him in the eye. And then uh, Ernie Hudson's like he looks around. He the one guy stays right, and he goes backs off. But then Ernie Hudson's gone. He's like, oh, I ran away with this fun accent mm-hmm, from that movie. Mm-hmm. Congo, yeah, episode bleep, yeah. Um, and then there's that, and then there's um, you know, bears. You're supposed to like. Uh, do that with bears. That's not the same for all bears. It's different for like black bears and grizzly bears. But see, I, the thing I always remember is like, uh, oh, and then in Jurassic Park, they're like, don't move. The T Rex coming because it can't see if you don't move. Which, okay, listen, I love you, Alan, Doctor Alan Grant, and listen, that's great advice, and it worked out for them in Jurassic Park. But like, for, as someone who has studied the bones of dinosaurs and is all conjecture, and you guys are. Ch- constantly changing your your what what you know about dinosaurs. How the fuck do you know that that di- dinosaur is not going to see you? Why would you stay there? They're like, well, this one has feathers. Now it doesn't have feathers. Now it does have feathers. I always thought that was a risk. I was like, that seems like a bad mm-hmm. idea. I think you might want to run. Yeah, it didn't work out for Ian Malcolm though because he got well. He tried to get out of that bathroom, but um, that's a good movie. We won't ever do it for the podcast because I always bring it up in everything we because talk about. Because we've done it. If you piece together all of your <laughs> comments about it, we so have good. a six-hour episode. But Roar, I think, is I think Jurassic Park is now officially derivative of Roar. Yeah, like it was inspired, made inspired by a true story. It's the OG. Of Roar. If you say that you like Jurassic Park as your greatest film, you can you can just have to admit that Roar is all is 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 your favorite film because it was predates it and it was made because of it. That's yeah. my theory, anyway. We should try to interview Steven Spielberg. And if that ever happened, there was I promise Steven you. There was another thing I wanted to ask him. Okay. What was that? I don't remember. It was in another podcast. But I promise you that if one day I ever get to interview Steven Spielberg or even one of his kids or even anybody associated with him, I promise to you and to everybody listening to this that the first question I will ask is like, did you steal Jurassic Park ideas from watching Roar? That'll be the first question I ask. Deja vu. I think we've literally had this conversation. I have, there's probably a lot of first questions that I have for a lot of people <laughs> that I never will never say or do. Oh my God. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to share with our audience about? Go watch it. Find it before someone makes it disappear from the internet. It's on YouTube. And while you still have Tiger King on your mind. Yeah, if you've watched Tiger King, listen, a lot of people are tired of Tiger King. Or they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to watch it because everybody's watching and they don't want to do it. Fine. Skip it and watch this. This is where it's at, man. Because it's going to give you that same message of apparently tigers are good. I didn't get that message after watching Roar. I am scared of all these animals. I am not scared of... Uh, elephants, um, that giraffe, you reminded me of that. that now I'm scared of giraffes. Yes. I'm scared of all these animals. That was scary. I don't like all... Uh, they're shifty. They're all shifty. Yeah. You can't... Look at that neck. I don't well, know. That's just... Uh, it's tri- that's shifty. It's a shifty neck. Yeah. It can run really fucking fast. I got long legs. It makes sense, I guess. All right, I don't guys. Know. Thanks so much for listening. This has been your... Your big cat episode. <laughs> right? Did I say it right? They're big cat. So we call it. Cat. I don't know how we style it. Big cats. <laughs> I don't know. Old millennials remember big cats. Quarantine. Quarantine. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk at you another movie. Find us online places. <laughs> was that a cat or what kind of cat was that? <laughs> what kind of I'm cat? I'm pretty was certain that? I heard that in all all of all of the. Mm-hmm. 